What's up, listeners? Welcome to episode two of season two of the shoutout. My name is Ashwin. I'm here with my co-host Kurt. Kurt, what's that, up? That was a sick countdown, wasn't it? Yes, it went from 100 to five Kelvin to 32 Fahrenheit to zero Celsius. <laughs> uh, back at it again with the white bands. Absolutely. So how you been, man? Good, good. Uh, I'm excited to be recording again. How you been? Great, great. Um, so I'm excited too because uh, we're here to talk about the world's favorite competition. And surprisingly, Cup. it's not the World Cup. It's the Champions League is here. Champions League 2018-2019 has started. Match day one is in the books. There's been some subtle changes this year to the schedules, but nothing that we can't deal with. So what this episode, so uh, they've kind of changed the kickoff times a little bit. Oh, okay. So last season, they had the, the match day, the first match day, spread mm. out over two weeks. This really? year, yeah. Wow. So this year, so there's 32 teams, right? So that's 16 mm-hmm. games. This year, they've crammed all 16 games into two days, but they've changed the kickoff, kickoff times. Last year and many years before that, the games used to start at 2.45 Eastern, so about 8.45 um, Western European time. Mm-hmm. But right now, some of them are earlier, and there's no 2.45 kickoffs anymore. It's all like 3 Eastern. So, oh, so they fit more games in. Fit more games in, packed it in, creates more drama. And we love drama. That's right, because the Champions League is also on TNT. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and TNT knows drama. Exactly. So for the first That's time... That's what you kept saying. <laughs> yeah, so... the. So in the early or late 2000s, or early and late 2000s, the Champions League used to be on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Then it switched to Fox Sports. And this year, Fox Sports lost, or I guess they didn't bid enough. Mm-hmm. And the TNT, Turner Sports, actually won the rights to broadcast it. So it's actually TNT and Bleacher Report, which is apparently owned by Turner Sports. Um, I see Bleacher Report. seems so random. Very random, but then again, so is Steve Nash commentating on soccer games. So that's right. <laughs> so let's check here. Uh, you, you know, I, I I I messaged you this. Um, I know that Steve Nash is really into soccer, and I always see him, you know, doing some right. skill stuff in in videos. So right. it it is random, but it's still you know, it's like oh, okay, I get it. But you know, they're they're actual people who played soccer who would definitely be more qualified so it's um yeah yeah and also um you know i guess we can start talking about that it's uh some of the coverage it's um you know at least they're showing the games which is great Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but in between the halftime report and the the post games reports they're not that great yet Mm -hmm. um so they've just started. The studio looks very bare bones. Looks like a like a man cave that hasn't been set up yet properly. <laughs> so, but yeah. I I assume we'll get there. I mean, like you know, there's nothing we can do. It's, it's like they've already, they're already showing it. So, right. Um, so is is it who is alongside Steve Nash? How many people are on the panel? Well, yeah. So this is weird. So there's two panels, and then the the two panels interact with one another by. 
um, Steve Nash and his um, cohort are shown on the screen mm -hmm. to um, the main panel sometimes. And then sometimes Steve Nash is the, is the main uh, panel, depending on what game you're watching. It's all very okay. confusing. Um, and uh, I haven't even used Bleacher Report's uh, streaming service yet. So uh, maybe, you, I don't know. So maybe people people see different things uh, there, but I just I've yet to, yeah, I've, I've, I've yet to follow it, but I definitely plan to check it out. So. Yeah, so Bleacher Report acquired by Turner Broadcasting System in August 2012 for $175 million. So, wow. Incredible. Okay. Great. All right. So, so, yeah, Champions League is back. Champions League, the greatest competition in the world. It's back. So, in this episode, we're going to discuss why it's so great, how did it start, mm -hmm. and um, how does it define um, success? Like, why do people or why do teams actually just hunger for the success in the Champions League so much. Right, that seems to be the holy grail, right, of European yes. soccer? Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, let's get into it. So if you listen to our first episode of the season, uh, What the Hell is a Super Cup? We talked about the Champions League a little bit and mm -hmm. that, um, you know, the winners of the national leagues and the sometimes, depending on how strong your country is, um, the second and third place get automatic placement in the Champions League, and then some fourth-place teams or winners of uh, smaller countries' um, football leagues, they get to play qualifying rounds to gain entry into the main competition. Right. So the Champions League, originally, it started in 1955, and it was originally just the League of Champions. So every country's champion participated in it. So literally a Champions League. Right. right, but it wasn't called the Champions League back then. It was called something you know much more traditional, like the European Cup. Mm -hmm. Right, so it was uh, started by this um, you know this this uh, group of um, uh, European um, soccer uh, journalists who wanted to do a competition for the best of the European teams and to kind of give more exposure mm -hmm. to um, soccer, so European soccer and. Um, like I said, so the, the main participants initially were the champions of all the, the main countries' um, leagues. Mm -hmm. And they competed in a knockout format. So it was no group stage. It was just straight up knockout. How many teams? And I believe, I think it started with 16 teams, but um, okay. I could be mistaken. But I believe it started with 16 teams. I mean, it could be less, okay. but you know. Okay. I mean, and, and the, you know, the gist of it was is that the first five editions, they were won by Real Madrid. And ever since mm -hmm. then, that team more than any has um, defined itself as uh, through the Champions League. Right? That's, Why? That's the comp because, yeah. because they were one of the original participants and they won the first five editions, right? And... The president at the time of Real Madrid, he um, promoted his team exclusively uh, mm. through its international mm. success rather than success inside of Spain only. Mm. So it was for him, he, he saw it as a great way to build the brand uh, right. internationally because that's what he saw the club as. So it's not, you know, sometimes when you start a club, it's more seen as a, an extension of the community. Right, and, the local community. Right. But Real Madrid, ever since its um, 
inception it was more it was seen you know they've had international players they always bought the best best players um from abroad and they always wanted to expand their brand internationally and the european cup in the beginning was a great way to do that and i find it fascinating and just an amazing accomplishment that they've been able to do this decade after decade that's amazing. right because what's so fascinating is that you know their sporting success doesn't yeah they've they've won a record number of titles in Spain as well but that's not their main um, you know main accomplishment for them they define their success purely through um, how far they go in the in the European Cup or Champions League and that is something we don't have in American sports right, right. when you win when you win uh, the national league here in the US you're the world champ, right? Because, um, for instance, the NBA, it's the best, mm -hmm. it's known as the best basketball competition. But it's a basketball competition that exists uh, mainly of American teams and uh, mm -hmm. one Canadian team, right. right? So it's something that doesn't exist outside of soccer, um, where there, there is a competition not only within your country, but within your neighboring countries as well. Right. Well, yeah, a competition with with such prestige, because there are competitions where, you know, you'll play against neighboring countries or other countries in the world, but this one specifically just the the level of prestige and, um, I guess desire to win it. Right. It, yeah, and the amount of people that follow it and all these things just seems to be through the roof. Right. And, you know, it is, ever since it started, it was a great success because uh, you can only imagine it's like you have the best team from a country playing against the best team from another country and you have the travel involved and you have um, games both away and home. So you might go and just lose badly uh, away from home and then you come home and you just beat the opposition. So you kind of have that drama involved as well. So and of course, it, it brings in all this money. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so it's ever since it started, it's been a great success. But in the uh, early 90s, uh, the European Cup was rebranded to the Champions League, <laughs> right? And mm -hmm. they rebranded themselves, and by and within with that, they also introduced a different format where they um, uh, started to include a group stage as well. Right. So they had more teams, so they included a group stage. So they expanded uh, and added the group stage, okay. Exactly. And initially, um, they had two group stages and then a knockout format. So it was a group stage of 32 teams and a group stage of 16 teams and then the quarterfinals, semis and final. Uh, so, okay. So the second, okay, I see what they did. Got it. Yeah, there, there were a lot more games. And then in 2004, 2005, they went back to group stage and then knockout. Um, yeah, it, there was just too many games at one point. And, but, you know, they had, um, you know, they found a very successful formula. Uh, more teams, so not only champions of countries, um, they had its own theme song as well. And, you know, at one point, uh, there was a game last year where uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, he was, uh, was uh, lip-syncing the Champions League theme song when they were lining up before the game really? started. Yeah, so oh, that's how much, that's uh, yeah, so that's how much <laughs> he loves the, the, the competition as well. But um, yeah, so within that, there's, and you know, it's, it's just such a great exposure to see um, young talent, to see great teams, 
and to see um, great games as well. So, and I guess know, a like, lot of these European, you know, these teams that play in their own leagues, they get a chance to see how they stack up to the competition, right? A lot of the players, exactly, exactly because yes. because um, let's say you've just won your league. Um, and then, you know, you, you're all hyped up because next season you're going to be in the Champions League and you might get a shot to win this thing. But, you know, usually the, the, the team that wins the league isn't the one that wins the Champions League, you know. Um, yeah. And, for instance, the finalists don't have to be that year's um, best teams in the country because the Champions League is not a it, – it starts with a, in a league format, but then afterwards right. it's a knockout competition where sometimes luck plays a big role as well. Right, right. So, um, like we said, uh, for the Champions League, uh, you know, they have the most successful team. It, it is Real Madrid. So they've had not only success in the beginning, um, but then they had like a very dry period uh, where they didn't win anything for a long time. What's a and long then time? In, uh, well, I think since 1982. To, yeah, so, so 1966, I want to say. No, I think they won one in the 80s. I think it was like 20-something years or something. They didn't oh, win. wow. Okay. So they won one in 98, then they won it again in 2000, then 2002, so they won their ninth. And then for 10, no, 12 years, they were chasing their 10th. And it became an obsession for them just to chase the 10th, 10th, 10th. Mm-hmm. And they won it again in 2014. And then for the past three years, um, they've won it as well. So they've won they, it 13 times. Three years in a row, huh? Three years in a row. So this Champions League will be very interesting. So either we're just going to win it for a fourth time in a row or they're going to be dethroned. So it's going to be very I'm interesting. I'm making a prediction right now. I know you're going to hate it. They're yes. not winning it this year. That's going to be very interesting because, you know, the, then the, <laughs> the, the drama is going to come from when are they going to get knocked out. So right. uh, I'm very excited for this, this year's edition. It's looking good. Uh, 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 by the way, how is, how is the team looking? What do you think? I think you know, there's looked, a few games looked, under their belt now. Yeah, I think it's, they've been doing well. They've been doing well. They're um, they're doing okay, and I think they're they're playing a, a much different system now than they have for the past few years, mm-hmm. where they're they're uh, they're having more of the ball. So their their position stats are just um, have shot up um, quite a bit. So yeah, their whole system is different, and um, their first game against uh, IS Roma was really good but again it's just the first game in the in the competition so okay yeah well you know things remain to be seen so um the next most successful team in the competition is who can i guess yes go ahead is it barcelona it's actually not ah oh okay hold on one more guess Mm, manchester united it is not Ah, okay. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it's AC Milan. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, they have won it seven times. Uh, most recently in 2007. Got it, okay. All right, your two other um, uh, mentions, Barcelona, they've won it five times. Mm-hmm. Um, so they won it the first time in 1992, and then mm-hmm. they went on a tear. In 2006, 2009, 2011, 2015, mm-hmm. ever since the Lionel Messi era started. So they've won it four times since then. Lionel Messi. Uh, Manchester United has won it three times. 
Okay. Other teams that have won it a few times are Bayern Munich with five, mm-hmm. Liverpool with five as well. Okay. So yeah. Liverpool, out of the um, English teams, Liverpool has yes. won it the most? The most, yes. Got it. All right. That is right. Very nice. That is correct. They should have had a sixth, but, uh, you know, shoulder gate. Ah, uh, was it really a gate? <laughs> was it really a gate if it never opened? <laughs> uh, there you go. So, yeah, so this year's edition uh, has just started, which is why we're doing the episode now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the main contenders are uh, definitely Real Madrid and Liverpool, I would say. Um, Barcelona, for sure. They want to get back on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bayern Munich is always there because they're the strongest team in Germany and um, they've always had good players. Mm-hmm. Um, Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain. But... Coincidentally, both of those teams have lost. Those teams, um, they have a, you know, they're they're backed by uh, Petro States. So Manchester City is backed by the uh, Abu Dhabi government from the UAE. And PSG is backed by uh, Qatar. And uh, they... Could you explain that for a moment? When you say backed by, are they owned by yeah. these so, entities? So or? they're not owned by the government itself, but they're owned by private investment groups that are run by uh, representatives of the government. Yes. Okay. So and so they own the team outright. Uh, yes. Yes, they do. Got it. Got it. Okay. So both of these teams have received a combined investment of, I think, about $20 trillion dollars. So, mm. <laughs> no, I don't think wow. no, it's a lot. I think Manchester uh, PSG has received about 750 million mm-hmm. if, uh, mm. put into their team. Uh, I think 222 was, <clears throat> was for Neymar. <laughs> right. <laughs> Manchester City has put in a lot um, of investment into their coach, into their players. And, you know, we'll talk more about that um, in the next episode. Right. But their holy grail, it's not winning the league in their country, which Manchester City has done a few times ever since they got taken over and PSG mm-hmm. has done um, a lot of times. It's the Champions League. They continue Man- to fall short, right? And they continue to fall short. And, um, you know, so I, because I have a feeling that if, if they win the Champions League, I think there's, I don't know what they would do. They would just, uh, you know, because that is their holy grail, literally their holy grail. They were just chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. And the furthest Manchester City has come is the semifinals in 2016. Mm-hmm. And PSG, I think it's, um, I'm not sure. I think it's a round of 16 ever since uh, they got taken over. But they keep falling short. Mm-hmm. And, and, and why is that? I think, honestly, I think it's just that they're, the Champions League just requires, well, okay, the PSG this year, the first game, they made some very sloppy mistakes. Okay. So that's why they lost at This home. is the game against Liverpool, right? No, no, this is the one against... Oh, you mean P- Oh, yes, PSG. Yes, sorry. Yeah. PSG. Yeah. Well, no, that one, I think Liverpool was just better. They were just prepared better. Um, okay. They lost because um, Neymar and uh, Kylian Mbappé, um, they weren't conditioned to do the... Um, hard work that's required you know and when for instance when they lose the ball the forward line loses the ball 
they didn't put in the hard work to kind of press the opposition into getting it back. They were right. kind of waiting for the midfield and, and defense to kind of help them out. And that might work in, in France, but that's not going to work in the Champions League against a um, very tough competition like Liverpool, who is, you know, attacking you like hounds. Right. I yeah, think Manchester the, City was just sloppy. That's the one I was referring to. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. I, yeah. I didn't actually watch the highlights of that one or really follow the story. So please tell me what happened in the Manchester City game because I was wondering. Is, is uh, they played uh, most? What's the name of the team? Um, they played uh, uh, Olympic Lyon from oh. uh, also also from France. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, okay. that one. So their coach Pep Guardiola, he was in the stands because he got sent. Um, he got a red. Well, no, he didn't get a red card. The referee sent him back into the stands in their last Champions League game last season. Mm-hmm. So he was he was watching from the stands. So people, you know, kind of thinking that um, Man City lost because he wasn't there on a touchline, kind of cheering them on. But I think it just lost because they were in really sloppy mistakes um, in the back. But the thing is, for any you know, they've been owned by these uh, the Abu Dhabi Investment Group. Um, for about, I think, going on to 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And they still haven't uh, won the Champions League, you know? And it's just very, very hard to win. You need a massive amount of luck. You need to be very well drilled. And you need to know how to suffer. You need to know how to deal with setbacks in the game. And so far, they haven't been able to do that. So I think they're closer than uh, PSG, however. They're much closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, it's not like I'm an expert by any stretch, but that seems to be the case. Then again, I mean, PSG did lose that game to Liverpool on the Firmino. Um, on the last minute, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's his name, right? Firmino? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was that was something. I think uh, Mbappe made a terrible decision. He tried to nutmeg someone with a pass. Uh-huh. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, yeah, which is, yeah, I'm sure he's gonna remember that. Right. So I mean, there's not have a chance to go through. So it's only the first game. There's gonna be there, you know, each team plays six games, uh, three home, three away. Mm-hmm. So it's the and first that one game, was so... at that was that one was at Liverpool, right? Liverpool, correct. Here's something interesting, and our listeners might not care, but Hit I me. noticed. So, so usually in American sports, when you look at the matchup, the second team from left to right, the second team is typically the home team. Uh-huh. Exactly. I've, yes. Great point. <laughs> yeah. So that threw me off because I kept seeing things referencing home team, but then Liverpool was on the left side. And, and in other, there's some other examples, obviously. But yeah, that threw me off until I realized, oh, shoot, okay, so that's right. that it's formatted. So I've had the exact opposite reaction when I, when I started watching the NBA. The home okay. team was always listed um, second because it is visiting team at home team, right? right. Mm-hmm. So here's how you know, uh, here's why soccer does it. Soccer is home team versus away team. So they use oh, versus, okay. not okay. at. Okay. I guess that makes I don't know. I don't know if that, that clicks, but I, I'll, I won't forget it. I'll say that much. So does MLS, does MLS do the same thing? Oh, MLS is a lost cause. Who cares <laughs> what they do? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not sure, actually. We can okay. check. 
uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. So, but anyway, so that's how I know it because software is always versus. Okay. Versus. Um, yeah. So I think MLS does. Let's see. Yeah, they do versus as well. Oh, okay. That oh, wow. must be really confusing clear for their to the American, American viewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Okay. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that's a very interesting point. So that's why I, I had the same exact opposite reaction when I started watching the NBA. Like, why is the home team always uh, second? At least oh, at mm-hmm. at okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So um, Champions League has started. You guys are all up to speed on what it's all about. Um, hundreds of years of history has just been distilled for you in 25 minutes. I'm sure we didn't miss anything. <laughs> oh, well, so so just I, I don't know if we were going to talk about this, but uh, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm fully caught up. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm a pro at this now. Um, <laughs> certainly an expert. And uh, thank you. <laughs> you got it. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, so I was gonna. I, I wanted to ask you this. The some I, I don't know the person's name, but he he mentioned that he thought Neymar was the Kim Kardashian of soccer, right? Yes, um, yes, I saw that. Please, please, uh, I'd like your expert opinion because obviously this mean? guy is an amateur. Um, what does he mean? <laughs> why is he saying this? And why is he being so mean to Kim? Well, okay, so this guy who said it, right? So his name is Joey Barton. He's known as the bad boy of. Um, I guess in English football, because he was arrested a few times. Um, mm-hmm. He's gotten a few red cards. He's he, he's known as a dirty player, but maybe sometimes also a good player, but then more dirty than good. So mm-hmm. um, he's always been outspoken with his opinions. Anyway, mm-hmm. he played one season in France, and um, so and I guess he's always he always likes to give his opinion whenever he's mm-hmm. asked about it. So you know, good for right. him. Um, but he was referring to Neymar as the Kim Kardashian because he said that. Neymar's better at marketing himself rather than proving himself on the, the football, on the, on the field. On the pitch. Right, uh, right. Which, you know, going by Neymar's exploits for PSG in the Champions League so far, uh, mm-hmm. you could say that, yeah, that's true. He, maybe he hasn't put in as much hard work. Um, but, you know, he seems to be doing fine in France. So Yeah, but is that just against lesser competition yeah exactly it is yeah. there's no yeah. no getting around it i mean there are a few good teams in france definitely there's olympic marseille olympic lyon mm-hmm. so there's but there's not enough right because the the, the the second tier of teams they're not you know they're not on their level at all so right. um i guess it's just a term i guess neymar is still you know he's still pretty young you know he's just he? been, he's what? uh he's 27 oh, right 26, huh? 20, no, he's 27, I believe. 27? He's 26. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and, you know, most people, they reach their peak by 28. So, okay. he and, and he's been in Europe for a long time now. He's been in Europe for, I would say, five years now. He started Barcelona. He won the Champions League with Barcelona right. in 2015. Um, oh, okay. Obviously but, carried by Lionel yeah. Messi. Yeah, so he was part of the uh, MSN, Messi, Suarez, and uh, Neymar Trident. But then he wanted to escape Messi's shadow, and he went to PSG. But he, you know, when you want it, when you're doing that, you, I think you have to put in. He has to put in a lot more um, uh, hard work. 
for right. for the team. But you know, this this edition it's still it's still young, mm-hmm. and people will say what they say. And I think we should only judge him by what he does on the field. Right. So first game definitely did not go well, but like we said, the competition is still young. There's still five more games left, and I think the return against Liverpool in Paris, I think that's going to be a very interesting game. It's going to be um, that's going to decide. Is that um, game this week? Uh, no, no, that's not going to be for a while. Um, I think that's going to be in November, I believe. The return. What? Yeah, because oh, they play. Uh, yeah, okay. they play against the other two, other two teams. Oh, then, got it, got right. it. Uh, yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. So let's 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 take a look at the the first round schedule of the Champions League. So we can kind of take a look at what we have to when we need to watch these games. So let's go to matches here. All right. So next up, it's October second and third. So PSG is playing. Oh, they're playing on the third. PSG will play. Wait, where are they? Why are they playing on Tuesday? Many riveting information here. So is the Champions League every other week? So no games. No, no, it's not every other week. It's um, I think every three weeks. It's uh, it's very confusing. But um, <laughs> so let's yeah, PSG's they're playing uh oh they're playing some team from uh, where is this team from? It also gives you a chance to know uh, learn more about teams from countries that um, you didn't think would bring teams to the Champions League, but it does because they're from uh, Europe. So then they're playing a team from the Czech Republic. Anyway, the PSG Liverpool return. Mark your calendars, people. Uh, That's going to be on uh, PSG, PSG, November 28th. Wow, that's a ways away. Yeah. So that's a ways away. Um, so Champions League there returns October 2nd and 3rd. And then after that, it's the 23rd and 24th. And in November, it's the 6th and the 7th. And 27, 28. And then it ends in December on the 11th and 12th. So those are your six match days in the Champions League. Wait. When you say it ends, is that when the championship is? No, no, that, that's when the oh. first round ends, sorry. Oh, okay, stage. I was just going to say, that that doesn't <laughs> sound like enough games. <laughs> okay. You got, got it. it. Yes, that's when the group stage ends. So yeah, after the group stage ends, they do a draw mm-hmm. for the round of 16. Uh, what do you mean a draw? It's, it's random? Yeah, so the, the it's not like oh number one from group A plays against number two from group B. It's actually not really. Yeah, so, so what's draw. the so what's the what's the benefit of being first or second in the group? Uh, the first uh, you get to play against a number two team that you know a team that finished second in another group. Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, and you, so it would always be a number two team, but you it won't necessarily always be. Like they do a random draw to pick which number two team? Is that what it yes, is? Yes, correct. Got and okay, okay. another restriction is that um, you cannot play against a team from your own country. Really? I like that. At le- yeah, at least in, this, in the round of 16. Right. And also, yeah. if you're number one, you get to play the second game at home. 
Hmm. You get to play the second game at home? What do most people not get to play the first and second game at home? Uh, no, because if you're if you uh, if you finish second, then you play the first game at home. And then okay, and if you're first, you play the first game away and the second game. Yes, because and then you know how much you need to score to get the away goals. Oh, gotcha. So okay, it's, you connected yeah. the dots for me. Thank you. Yeah, it's. I yeah, didn't want to mention gotta, it because you, no, because you gotta walk me through it. You gotta walk me through it. <laughs> right, right, but I yeah, I guess it's also biased because um, I last in the past few seasons it hasn't really mattered. But yeah, oh, okay. so that's what UEFA believes that mm-hmm. uh, you know if you're finished higher, then you get to play the second game at home. So you kind of have support um, because if you're behind, then you have your home team to support you to carry you through to the next round. Since <laughs> boom round, yeah. Exactly. Right. Nice. So, yeah, that is the Champions League, people. Um, we think this edition is going to be very exciting. We've got Liverpool. They haven't lost a game yet. They haven't actually drawn a game yet. They're firing on all cylinders. Manchester yes. City has to come back and prove that they are the supposed best team in the world right now. Real Madrid, can they go for four in a row? Or no, they, they can't. Out? Oh, so sorry, who's going to knock them out? That's that's the question. <laughs> Barcelona, can they make a stand with Lionel Messi? PSG, will they finally get their act together? Manchester United, when will they get knocked out? Tottenham Hotspurs, <laughs> what are they still doing here? So, all these questions uh, waiting yeah. to be answered. Um, and, you know, I is there an that. underdog? Is there an underdog? There's usually one underdog team that goes all the way to the quarterfinals. I wonder who well, that's going to be. Well, hold on. Who, what was the expectation for Liverpool? And I mean, obviously, Real Madrid were uh-huh. probably the favorites. But what was the expectation for Liverpool? Oh, yeah. For Liverpool last season, no. Not so much. Not, not, okay. not a lot of people had any. Uh, but I guess once they started doing well uh, with Mo Salah in the, in the uh, first part of the season, mm-hmm. um, I think people, you know, people started noticing them. Um, PSG, a lot of people expected great things from them last season um, mm-hmm. because of Neymar, uh, Neymar's first season there. But then they came right. out stuck against Real Madrid. They just got put in their place <laughs> by the defending champs. What um, Barcelona. That? Oh, that was in a round of 16. Oh, got it. Yeah, it was a very great, uh, great games. Uh, it was a showstopper. Um, a lot of people were surprised when um, AS Roma reached the semifinals because they knocked out Barcelona. So Barcelona won the first game at home, 4-1. Mm-hmm. So wow. they, 4-1. But mm-hmm. Roma scored one, uh, one goal, right? They got one away goal. Mm-hmm. Then AS Roma won 3-0 at home, and AS mm-hmm. Roma went through. Yeah, that was one of the dark days in Barcelona's history. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, actually, I was wondering. I, I think you mentioned it to me before, but yeah, yeah. I think I imagine that Barcelona would have gone. Yeah, would have gone further. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that was part of um, that was part of last season's uh, matchups. So Wonderful. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how this uh, this group shapes. I think by the end of October we'll have three, three rounds, uh, three games finished. So we'll have more more to say then. Okay. All right, so um, last few things we wanted to touch on. It's, uh, you know, they had the Best Player of the Year awards. They had the um, UEFA had their own awards, I think, last month. And then today, uh, FIFA announced their Best Player of the Year awards. So uh, Luka Modric, he won uh, Best Player. 
of the year in, in both uh, ceremonies. So mm -hmm. does he really deserve it? Yes, please um, tell me. Is he really the best? Do you think he's the best? Why yeah, is he so, the best? Right. So, for, you know, we have to then think about what this award really is. So how valuable is an individual award in a team sport really? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if it's in basketball, you know, most valuable player, it actually means something because one player can make a huge difference. Right. That's right. That's, I mean, that, that's the five was, people right. on the team. Yeah. Well, one player can have a huge impact. Absolutely. Exactly. And, you know, in, in soccer, it's um, I would say it's a bit different. But then when you see somebody like Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, when they score the amount of goals they score, you can say that, you know what, actually, they are the best damn players on the planet. Right, because they impact the results so much. But this year, uh, Luka Modric, he's you know he he's a midfielder, so he uh, he doesn't score a lot from his position. He's more of a playmaker, right? He plays in a uh, central role, a bit more advanced. Mm -hmm. So he kind of um, receives the ball, distributes it, or makes um, you know a final pass to for somebody to score, right? Okay. So I think, uh, you know, especially in a World Cup year, if a team has done well and their player is getting a lot of, uh, a player from that team is getting a lot of praise from journalists, mm -hmm. um, they're always going to be in contention to win the awards. And this okay. year, I think because Messi didn't do well in the World Cup and his team mm -hmm. didn't win the Champions League, whereas Cristiano Ronaldo and Luka Modric did, and then mm -hmm. out of that, Luka Modric had the better World Cup, I think that's what decided these awards. Hmm. So I was very surprised not to see Messi in the uh -huh. final three, but I think because he didn't win an international trophy right. with his team, I think that's what ruled him out. Yeah, all of this makes as much sense as the best goal of the year award that right. Gareth it's... Bale did not win. Right, or Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, yeah. did, no, didn't Cristiano Ronaldo win the best goal of the year? Yeah, uh, he won that. Yeah, did, he won did, that award. Which one? For the overhead kick. No, but, but for, for which or, for which organization? Like UEFA or FIFA? Um, I think it was the UEFA. Yeah, the oh, UEFA okay. award. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And, and then, you know, for FIFA, I think it was Mo Salah who won uh, best goal. You know, it's all subjective. It's all voted by people, yeah. you know, social media votes. Yeah, FIFA, it's just... player voting. So yeah. I w I don't put a lot of stock in that kind of stuff okay. anymore. I think it's great for marketing. It's great for social media clicks. Yeah, and it's great, great for, for articles. Egos. Yeah, but I think you know, but I think you know, I think Cristiano Ronaldo loved winning all of those awards. Oh, yeah. um, I think Luca Modric is really happy to win it, but I don't think that's his main goal. You know, whereas for Cristiano Ronaldo, it is his main goal. Right. Be the, to win all these awards. Uh, right. By the way, the Ronaldo official um, propaganda documentary is available on Netflix. <laughs> so, what is it called? I think it's called Ronaldo. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, it's on my queue. Um, yeah. But we're going to get back you'll, to uh, football stuff. Like you'll that. watch it and you'll let me know about it. Oh, uh, oh so that sounds like I'm going to have to watch it too. Um, well, it maybe not. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, I love propaganda. Well, it, that one looked like it was. So, uh, final question before we uh, close out and prepare for next episode. It's uh, Kylian Mbappé. Kylian Mbappé. How yeah, impressive yeah. is he really? You had this yes. question at the beginning of the show. How yes, impressive this is, is he something really? that I asked you about. Mm -hmm. Just because so, I, I see a lot of talk and a lot of hype, 
but he seems to be scoring goals. But and you know, I, I watched some clips and I'm like, oh wow, this this kid looks really good actually. Right. So you want to know is is he the real deal? Are you investing as much time as you should in following his career? <laughs> right. And should PSG just trade Neymar now? <laughs> well, right. one thing I will say for Neymar, I see that he's assisting. Um, I don't know how true this is, but I'm just remembering or thinking back, and it seems like he's assisting on a lot of uh, Mbappe's goals. So I'm sure Neymar being there is helping him tremendously. Right. Right. I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, the way I, I, I always look at this kind of stuff, it's just, I try to look at history and context. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, you, when I think of Kylian Mbappe, I think of a young original Ronaldo, the Brazilian one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was great when he was a teenager. He was uh, playing okay. it in the Netherlands for PSV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of other players like Jerry um, Henry. So, why do you think of um, Brazilian Ronaldo? Oh, because of the speed and uh, the killer instinct. Oh. Killer instinct for goal. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Original Ronaldo was crazy fast. And then he could always find a way to score. It was crazy. You should just watch some highlights of him on YouTube. It's nuts. It is. He's the, the best striker that I've probably ever lived or ever wow. played. I mean, yeah. So I think, you know, Kylian Mbappe burst on, onto the scene two seasons ago for Monaco, IS Monaco. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got all the way to the Champions League semifinals. And, you know, this is where the Champions League, again, plays such a huge role because it's such a great platform to introduce yourself on, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, he burst on the scene. He, he uh, scored goals that got him all the way to the semifinals. And he was great then. And he's even better now. So is he the real deal? Hell yeah, he's the real deal. Yeah, and he's only 19, right? He's only 19 years old. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's uh, it's great watching him play. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah definitely keep okay. watching him. Certainly will. It's it's exciting to watch him play and yeah, the speed is it it he pops right off the screen. It's so yeah. obvious. He's yeah. much faster than everyone else. Yeah. It doesn't even appear as if anyone else can catch him. All right. So next episode. So we're going to do something really interesting next episode. We're going to start watching All or Nothing Manchester City on Amazon Prime. I just renewed my Amazon Prime subscription today. I couldn't be happier paying $119 for another year. (laughs) Shout out Amazon. Shout out Bezos. So um, the reason um, I wanted to do this, it's because, you know, we've always had NFL films. We've always had uh, NBA mm-hmm. finals films. We had these great cinematic looks behind the scenes to a team. Mm-hmm. You know, all these um, timeouts and these great footage from in the locker rooms and all of that. But uh, soccer never had this. Um, you know, and this particular one, the, the Manchester City doc on Amazon, mm-hmm. It's uh, one of the best, um, and one of the first and one of the best so far. So it's, um, you know, you get uh, flying the wall access. It's all, it's, of course, it's authorized, but, you know, you also see some stuff there that you never hear about, like how are um, transfer deals done? Uh, right. What is it like when the team has just lost the game, you know, or during, mm-hmm. you know, during halftime? So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm really interested to hear what you think, um, how it compares to, um, uh, behind-the-scenes documentaries of, of um, the NFL 
uh, teams or the NBA teams. And what do you so, learn from uh, watching a team like this, uh, a European so, team? I was going to say interesting. Well, I don't know how interesting this actually is. So the NFL documentaries were, um, I think, the Hard Knock series on HBO. I mean, there's a lot of documentaries, right? Yeah, the Hard but, Knocks, the ones on Amazon, also called All or Nothing, which coincidentally is also the producer behind this uh, Manchester City doc. Oh, gotcha. So something similar. The the NFL ones, um, I didn't watch them. I didn't watch them. But Orfe watched them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they followed, I think, the teams during preseason. It wasn't during yes. the season. From what you were talking about, it, it sounds like Manchester City, they follow them during the season? During the whole season. That's remarkable. Um, but yeah, I've seen, you know, I've seen documentaries on on different moments in sports. Not so much like a, a full a, a team for a full season, which is interesting. So I'm looking forward to check, checking it out. But <clears throat> one of the things I remember is when Orfe told me she was watching, Orfe is my wife. Um, when she told me she was watching this, um, you know, these NFL hard knock um, uh, documentaries, behind the scenes things. I was like, why? Why are you watching this? You, you hardly watch football with me. And she said she watched it for all the drama, it seemed. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what kind of drama there is in this Manchester City documentary, but, uh, I'm interested, I'm interested to see. I am fascinated by sports, uh, documentaries, sports films, sports documentaries, uh, because of the drama and, and, you know, it's, it's watching people that are physically better than you and the way they live their lives, the way they condition themselves, how, you know, they don't Mm. have to worry about anything. They don't have to worry about paying bills, about their car payments, about insurance, (laughs) And everything is towards a spending time with their family whenever they can because they don't get a lot of time off. Right. And every day is practice, 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 going to practice, right. coming home. And it's just, you know, it's very fascinating for me. So, um, yeah, if you can watch this one with her, please do, because it's it's really good. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see how much I'm going to talk to her about it. <clears throat> and I'm going to I'm going to um, see if she wants to check it out. All right. Yeah. So watch as many as you can um, this week. So I've already seen it, but I'm going to rewatch it. So we'll coordinate on how many we'll watch this week. And um, yeah, the next episode, we'll talk about it. Okay. Perfect. It's, uh, right. I look forward to the next recording and to checking out this Manchester City documentary. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at the shutout pot. Please leave us your feedback and your reactions. Uh, we're going to start posting more clips of our episodes on um, Twitter and Instagram. So check it out there. Uh, if you want to listen to us, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Google, we're on Anchor as well. So search for the shutout. Um, we're, we should be the first one there. Now, if you want to help people find us, the best way to do that is by leaving a rating and or you can even write a review. But most importantly is to leave a rating on iTunes that really helps us move up in the podcast directory on all the apps. So if you can, if you find it, please leave us a rating and tell everyone you know about us and ask them to leave us a rating as well. It'll really help us um, get more people to find us. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Mm-bop. 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 <laughs> <laughs>